When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Raise Your Voice as part of the D-Raise Bay Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brett Rutherford, and joining me on this week's episode is D-Raise Bay writer Austin Ryman. Austin, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. Just currently watching the Rays game in the background. Uh, but yeah, nothing. It's It's been a tough week to be a Rays fan, I think. Uh, you, you, you get swept by the Yankees in New York. Then you think, okay... The palate cleanser, the Baltimore Orioles, like we've come to know know them as that for the Rays the last few years. They're just going to go up there and dominate. This year's Orioles team, definitely more improved. And I think the Rays are maybe not as good right now as they have been in the last couple of years. So it's been a tough series. They dropped the, the first game of the, the uh, set and then yesterday have to pull out a 7-6 to six win. Uh, and today, currently losing two to one as we record. So, uh, wh- what do you think it is? Do you think the Rays have taken a a market like a a significant step back, or the Orioles have maybe you know taken a step in the right direction in terms of their rebuild? No, I don't think the Rays have taken a significant step back. I mean, aside from the injuries, um, but when you when you look at the, the order, a much more competitive baseball team this year, they actually fielded a relatively competitive baseball team this year they're not going to win any pennants um but you're still looking at a team that can that can play tough for nine innings uh, last year that wasn't the case and then when you compile that with the injuries and the raise offense just being flat right now it's kind of just a recipe for disaster um but and i wouldn't read much into it when it comes to the orioles being that much better um this year over last year it's just a matter of they're hitting up now at the right time um and it's first so yeah, definitely. And Austin, you wrote an article that was on DRaysBay.com um, earlier this week about Jeffrey Springs. And, and Springs is a guy that Danny Russell and I talked about on last week's episode on kind of the, the revelation he's been joining the Rays rotation. So kind of talk to me a little bit about what went into this piece and what you've seen out of Jeffrey Springs this year. Yeah, so Danny actually reached out. We just wanted to dive into why he's been more successful this year than he was last year because he was still successful last year um, just not to this extent and of course he was a reliever last year um, so we really I really just wanted to start by looking at what changed um, he hasn't he hasn't really been a starter since 2017 which means that the Rays knew he could start um, they didn't go that route last year they didn't need to um, but obviously the thought has been in the back of their head and they they had the belief that he could um sustained being a starter uh, going forward and they went that route um what became pretty clear when researching it is that uh, the bottom line is that he he tweaked slider and he tweaked the change up and as a result he just makes it that much tougher on hitters um and he can work through lineups more than more than once even twice now um so really it just came down to the fact that he's tweaked the slider he's tweaked the change up he has tweaked uh, um the way that he attacks hitters and bottom line is it's working. What has changed with, with specifically that change up in that slider to help him turn a lineup over more than, more than one time? 
Yeah, so in the article, what I essentially said was that the slider is sliding more and the changeup is disappearing on hitters. Um, and really what I meant by that is that uh, the slider, he took some of the depth off the slider, right? So it's not as up and down this year and it's sliding more. Um, so this is going to have run, the changeup is going to have fade and the slider has more run this year than it did um, in years past. And the changeup now um, actually did gain some depth, right? So now it's it's dropping more, falling off the table um, and it is fading away more than it did last year as well. Um, and what he does extremely well is that he, if, you're, if it's a right-handed batter, he attacks um, with the slider outside and the changeup inside, right? And you just flip it for a left-handed batter. And what he really does well is that he attacks both sides of the plate extremely well with those and very efficiently. Um, and then he attacks with the fastball up. Um, so really what we looked at in the article is the fact that not only does he create a north and south issue for the hitter, which is, all, which is always big. You see it with Ryan Yarborough and Shane McClanahan, right? You're going to work up and then you're going to work down on, on guys. But he creates the north and south, but then in the south part of the uh, zone, now he creates an east-west dilemma with the changeup and the slider. Um, you have to protect now against a changeup that's going to fade and drop, and then you have to protect against a slider that's going to run inside, right? Um, so not only now do hitters have to protect against the high fastball, they also have to now protect against changeups and sliders down, um, and they essentially work in opposite directions. Just really has increased the difficulty that had that hitters have um, at the plate against Springs this year, and it's what has allowed him to get and turn lineups over, over and over and over again. The other thing is because yeah, clearly he's got the stuff. He's got three really solid pitches to be able to work as a traditional starter. The one thing, though, and he has started before in his career, did so as when he was a member of the, the Rangers organization, mentioned that in the article, when he was pitching in high A, though. So that was quite a few years ago. It was. And, and my question is, and Danny and I touched on this a little bit last week, we know how careful the Rays are with the innings load that they kind of ask their, their pitchers to carry throughout a 162-game season. This year has been just as strange as the last couple years. You had a truncated spring training. I think guys are still trying to play catch-up in terms of what happened in 2020. How do you foresee the Rays kind of handling Jeffrey Springs, a guy who's been a reliever for most of his professional career and all of his big league career until now? How do you foresee them managing his innings workload if if he's going to stay in the rotation for the rest of the year? At the time that I wrote the article, he had essentially matched his innings count from last year. Now he's 10 in that. So he's already at 54. Last year, he threw 44 and two thirds. The year prior, he threw 20. And in 2019, he threw 32. Um, he, does, he hasn't thrown 100 innings since 2017. So now we're five years removed. With how cautious the Rays are, I would be surprised if you see him throw more than 100 and. 12, which is what he threw in 2017. Um, I think when you get to that 100 mark, they're really going to have to evaluate uh, the health of his arm. Um, if his arm is healthy, is healthy, um, you could see him maybe flirt with 120 innings. I don't see him going really too far past that. The good news is, is that eventually Patino will be back. We have Baz in the rotation now. McClanahan looks like he's on track for 180 innings if they let him get that far. Um, so the innings will be there. You could also see at some point, maybe Springs goes back to the pen, um, come September, October, right. Face maybe two innings worth of guys. Um, I just don't see him really surpassing that hundred innings mark, at least as a starter, it's just a 
pretty drastic workload increase. The rule of thumb is usually 50 to 75 innings year over year. If you're going to ramp up a guy um, and put you right at 100 and 115 range. So that's where I would probably make the cutoff for him. Um, but we'll also see, you know, these teams have the best doctors in the world. And if they examine his arm and everything's holding up fine, then maybe he stays as a starter. Um, but like I said, the good news is we have reinforcements. Um, a pitching depth is not an issue for the Rays, despite all the injuries. So, you know, we will see. Uh, but I'm not overly concerned with it. I would just say that he's probably going to sit around 100 115 innings. And would you think like the, the answer to that, if, if it's not moving him back to the bullpen at one point, would be once you get Luis Patino back, uh, once Drew Rasmussen is off, what seems like it will be a short IL stint, but it's never as short as, as, as you expect. Uh, could you see a six-man rotation utilized uh, through the summer months? Uh, I, I don't think the reason be opposed to it, especially, uh, you know, they're not going to try to limit necessarily McClanahan's innings, but they're not going to run him out there for 215 innings this year. They may go to a six-man rotation. They may stick with the traditional five-man rotation and just flip-flop some guys, right? You know, one rotation, Springs goes, and the next rotation, Patino goes, and then you get these guys 10 days of rest versus five. Um, so it's kind of like a hybrid six-day rotation. Um, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to handle it. Maybe Patino goes to the pen, right? Who knows? Um, especially with Kittredge going down. Uh, I'm sure the Rays already know what they're going to do. Um, all we can do is speculate, uh, but for now, I would, I don't see them really straying too far from a five round rotation, especially since they can only carry 13 pitchers starting tomorrow, I believe. Yeah. So, um, that would make it a little bit tough unless it's a five man rotation. And then you, you carry six starters and one guy is just a bolt guy out of the pen. Um, other than that, I don't see them going to a six man rotation, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting, and, and, and oftentimes we make these plans and then, you know, something else happens. Someone else has to go on the IL and miss a month or more, and then you don't really have to think about it. Then you're back to a traditional five-man rotation, and uh, we hope that's not the case, right? We hope we get everyone back healthy. Um, the other guy who I think could potentially pitch in the big leagues soon again for the Rays. Um, he might have been one of the most unlucky pitchers this year in the big leagues uh, and is now finding some success again in AAA is Josh Fleming. And what well, we mentioned, Drew Rasmussen's on the IL. Um, they're going to have to figure out how to fill out his spot this week against New York. Um, Josh Fleming is a potential answer. He threw eight innings in his last start in AAA Durham. Uh, the, the That was on June 10th, though, and it's now June 19th. And I haven't heard any news, and he hasn't pitched. So it's been almost 10 days um, as we record this since Josh Fleming has, has taken the mound in a game. We don't really know his status. Maybe he just threw a sim game. Um, but, Austin, would you would you like to see him? I, I won't say necessarily like back in the rotation. He would probably come up to eat like bulk innings because he can. I don't know if they're going to use him as a traditional starter. But would you like to see him back in the big league soon? Yeah, I mean, I think – I think when we saw Josh Fleming out of the pen last year, um, I do think that was probably the version of Josh, Josh Fleming you're going to get. Um, I don't know if he'll be moved back into the traditional starting role. Uh, maybe it does come this Tuesday and he threw a sim game just to take a little bit of the load off his arm after an eight-inning start. So maybe he is back up on Tuesday and he does start. Uh, and who knows, maybe he continues the success that he has found in triple a i mean he's thrown 36 innings to a 0.98 era he's six and oh and six starts um so he's getting guys out in pretty dominating fashion 
I think regardless, he's probably going to find his way back to the pen. Um, if not a traditional starter, I think that's probably where the Rays are more comfortable using him. Um, but who knows, right? With Rasmussen on the shelf, you just don't know. Um, with Patino on the shelf, you don't know. So I, I think the next man up mentality is really going to fall into Josh Fleming's lap in the next couple of days. And we will see, um, like you said, what his status is. And I wouldn't be shocked if he gets a start or at least eat some bulk innings against the Yankees. Yeah, I think they're, they're going to need some of those. You look out, and, and we mentioned, and uh, I guess we can we can kind of talk about that now as, as it pertains to pitching um, is the, the roster changes they're going to have to make. Um, they've been rolling with the rosters at the end of April shrunk from 28 to 26, uh, but the Major League Baseball allowed the teams to continue using um, 14 pitchers and keep just 12 position players. I think a lot of teams are using this. Just kind of depends on where you're at in the season, who's healthy, who's ready to, to take up those innings. Um, but starting tomorrow, um, they've got to go down to 13 pitchers and 13 position players, or I guess they could go less than 13 pitchers, although I, I doubt they ever will, um, which means right now a pitcher will have to be sent down or DFA'd or traded or whatnot. A roster move will have to be made. My guess is it's one of the three of Fauche, Armstrong, or Garza Jr. I don't know if you have maybe one you'd rather see. Uh, not like you want to see any of these guys get sent down, uh, but maybe two of the three that you'd like to see get some more innings at the big league level. Uh, but eventually, if you call up a guy like Fleming, you might see two of them go down to AAA Durham. Um, but who would you like to see? Like out of that, out of those three, Fauche, Armstrong, and Garza Jr., any of them that you'd like, okay, I want that guy to stay in the big leagues, at least for a little bit, continue to work through some stuff. Right. Um, I mean, I think you kind of said it too, just before I make my pick. Um, if we get Fleming up on Tuesday, two of those three guys could be going down. All right. Um, based on when the race have used Fauche versus Garza, as of late, I think Fauche's position is probably pretty safe. Right. They've shown some faith in him despite lackluster results. Um, so I think his position is probably safe, which leaves you with Armstrong and Garza Jr. And if Fleming comes up on Tuesday, both of those guys could be gone. Um, and then it's just back to the taxi. So honestly, who knows? Uh, you really, it's really hard to predict what the Rays are going to do with their pitchers, right? Nobody saw Armstrong being back with the Rays, right? It's just Garza Jr. came out of nowhere. So who knows? Uh, <laughs> really, when it comes to pitching to the, with the Rays, they bring someone up you never heard of, and he succeeds. They send someone down you never heard of, and he succeeds in AAA, and he's back up. So it really just comes down to what the Rays think is going to best fit them uh, going forward. But like we said, you could see two of those three guys go down, and if I had anything, probably would be Garza Jr. And uh, Armstrong, especially if Fleming's going to be coming up to eat some bulk innings, that's going to take Garza's role. And on the flip side of that, the last thing we'll touch on before we go to break, uh, they got to bring up a position player, right? They got to get to 13 position players. Um, is there somebody, I know there's a lot of talk for some prospects to get their shot, but maybe, you know, if Wander Franco rejoins next weekend, um, who could you see getting that cup of coffee this week to kind of fill out the roster? You know, I, there's a lot of talk around Aranda, um, <laughs> and who knows, uh, I, and a cup of coffee is going to be all it really is going to amount to. Um, I don't think the Rays are going to try to line up out there with Vidal Bruhan and Walls and some guy getting a cup of coffee at this point. Um, just the lineup just hasn't produced enough as of late. Uh, 
who knows? I don't necessarily have a preference, but if Wander Franco comes back, do they have to move someone right away? Or will they have to? I, I think it sounds like Franco's probably like a Friday or Saturday, like come back for the Pittsburgh series. Mm-hmm. So you got to have someone in for the three games against New York, and, and maybe Wander takes a little bit longer, and you have him play for the whole week. Sure. If I had to guess, I would say Aranda. If you're going to give the guy, because everyone, you know, there's been the clamoring for him to get a shot. He he's probably done all he can do at the AAA level in terms of hitting. Um, but I mean, I've just heard some 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 less than uh, less than satisfactory things about his defense. Um, that it's you know almost liability level, right? Um, so, but if you're going to give a guy a shot, I mean, hey, this this Rays defense is already struggling. So, you know, who cares? Just throw, throw him out there. Let him let him try to hit against some big league pitching. Um, you know, start bring him up, bring him up tomorrow. Start him against Garrett Cole. See how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Luke Rayleigh is another one though. If if you want another outfielder for this week, uh, he's a guy, an interesting one. Josh Lowe, who obviously was already up, started the year on the big league team, uh, and really struggled, is back to like hitting pretty well at AAA. But I I think he's a guy you probably keep down unless you're ready to bring him back up and try that again. Um, I, don't think, I, think, yeah. I think you just want to keep him hitting confident in triple a. He's already been called up twice. He was called up for like one game last year. And then he played like the first month up here this year. Um, so probably Aranda or Rayleigh. I mean, the outside the box answer would be like a Ford Proctor. Um, you know, you can, you've got two catchers right now. Maybe Proctor can come and take some, some, some of the workload from Pinto and Mejia um, while Zanino's on the IL I don't think it'll be anyone that's not currently on the 40-man roster. It's a full 40-man right now, so I don't expect them to make any moves unless they DFA one of those those aforementioned pitchers. Uh, but, yeah, it's interesting. And I always like to see I – mean, I'm interested to see who it's going to be, like who's going to get that call, get that chance to kind of show what they're made of, even if it's for, for a short stay. But who knows? Maybe someone else gets hurt and they get a chance to, mm. to stay in the big leagues for a little bit longer. Yeah, no, I agree. And I do think you're spot on with the uh, Josh Lowe uh kind of situation right they're not going to bring him up to send him back down um he's going to stay there until he's going to be back up here permanently and yeah, that's if he ever comes back up permanently because i think right, there's but, yeah. doubts about what he is as a prospect um yep. we know he can hit in triple a right and we know uh that that jonathan aranda can hit in triple a but there's that big jump um as we're seeing with with prospects like vidal brujan who I think he's got two hits today so i won't be too hard on him um uh, but there, there there's that big jump to to facing um, big league pitching, right? You're seeing guys that uh, people can throw 95 in AAA, uh, but people can throw 95 and paint the corners in the big leagues and do that consistently sure. um, for you know three, four straight plate appearances against a, a certain hitter. So sure. it's definitely a big jump, and we'll, and we'll see who gets called up. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, you already know the news. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and on the other side, we're going to talk about the potential return of Wander Franco in the coming games and also preview the series against the New York Yankees. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back on Raise Your Voice. Uh, we spent the first part of the show talking about mostly the pitching staff and you know maybe a, a, a position player prospect that could come up in uh, the, on tomorrow, tomorrow, on Monday, right, and, and play this week as the roster construction has to change. 
Uh, but one guy they're expecting back maybe as early as this weekend against Pittsburgh is one Wander Franco. He is down in the complex league um, starting his rehab assignment. I imagine they'll get him at, at least a couple games in AAA Durham before they, they bring him down to play with the big league club. Uh, obviously, he's, he's a great player, right? And the Rays will gladly welcome him back. He is their... You know, Signed of the, the biggest contract in franchise history. He is the starting shortstop. Uh, but this is a struggling offensive team right now. Uh, over the last month, one of the worst offensive teams in all of baseball, right? And this is a team coming off of last year where they finished second in baseball in runs scored. Uh, so it's been a struggle, but they've been without Brandon Lau and Wander Franco. Austin, kind of what I'm wondering is, yeah, we'll, we'll gladly take Wander Franco back. Uh, but one 21-year-old baseball, well, he might be 22 now, but I think he's still 21. Um, he's not going to turn this thing completely around. He might help, but what are your ex- expectations for what he can bring to the table uh, once he's off the IL? Right. I mean, he's not going to he's not going to take us from a bottom five offense to a top five offense overnight. Um, but the one thing that a healthy and I emphasize healthy Wander Franco can do is ignite an offense um, and really drive them. Uh, and we saw that when he was not healthy, it was not the Wander Franco that we saw um, when he was healthy, right? He He's beating out ground balls. He's turning singles into doubles, ter- doubles into triples, right? right? Forcing the issue. I mean, if he comes back 100% and they allow him to force the issue, um, I do think that it at least ignites the offense to an extent compared to what we've seen as of late. This offense just seems dead. Um, there's nothing really... There's no thump. There's no real excitement, right? Um, but you inject a 21-year-old who plays the game like his hair is on fire, um, and it 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 can turn it around, right? It just little by little, you stick him at the top of the lineup, and now he's getting on base, right? A healthy Wander Franco gets on base at a 330, 340, 350 clip, right? Yeah. The Rays need base runners right now. They need traffic on the bases. They need guys who um, – just play the game hard. I'm not saying that they don't, right? But you get a lot of those guys in the lineup who consistently force the issue, um, and good things will eventually happen. And I think that's the biggest thing that he will bring to the lineup right now. I mean, you got to think about it this way, right? He'd be replacing like a Taylor Walls, um, who's been not good, right? And what we've all, you know, even if, if the bat, which was always a gant, like a, a risk on whether that was going to translate to the big league level, yeah, the bat has struggled, but the the defense has struggled too. I mean, he had an error in yesterday's game that led to runs, and it's just been more than that. He's been um, – both him and Bruhan are at negative 0.8 wins above replacement on fan graphs. Um, just, just, just not good at all. A 145 batting average, a 232 on base percentage, and the defense has struggled. And Vidal Bruhan is, is a lot of the same getting on a base at a 202 clip. Um, so – are they big league baseball players? Are they ever going to be capable of being everyday players? I, I don't know at this point. I kind of shared some of that um, concern I have over how they've progressed this year. But they've also been forced into bigger roles, right? When when Lau and Franco go down, uh, they've been forced to be everyday players. I said that Taylor Walls was kind of the, the direct replacement to Joey Wendell on this year's roster. Uh, but even Joey Wendell, he played a lot. He wasn't expected to play every day uh, and cover a certain position. He was more of that that utility player where he could play second and third and fill in at short when needed. Taylor Walls has turned into the everyday shortstop, except for when Bruhan gets a run out over there. And so getting Franco back is like, okay, he's penciled in in that position. 
every day. You give him the off days. You give him the DH days, right? You have those schedules. Uh, but how many other players, like it's it's a Rosarena right now that gets into the lineup every day, and and that's really it, right? With no Mike Zanino, um, everything else is based on matchups and rest and kind of who can help the team win that day. It's comforting to have a player like a Wander Franco who you know is going to be there every single night. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it probably is comforting for Taylor Walls and Vidal Baron, right? So, like Taylor Walls is now the starting shortstop. That was not his role going into the season. That was never going to be his role. Um, now he starts to struggle, uh, and there's no escape. There's nowhere for him to go. There's no corner for him to go to. Like, he is cornered as the starting shortstop on a big league roster, and he is struggling. There's no days off for him. He can set because every day he has to be penciled in there. Um, so I think, who knows? You may see Taylor Walls possibly turn it around, right, if he can just get a few days to breathe once Wander Franco gets back and just reset. But until Wander Franco gets back, he can't reset, right? He was supposed to be a role utility player. He is now a starting shortstop on a team – two years removed from the world series, a year removed from a division title that the pressure is there and he just has nowhere to escape it. Um, so I think it, who knows that could, it could do wonders for both of them um, as they can kind of transition back to a role player type first years. Right. Um, so who knows, but I think, like we said, it, the ability to just pencil Wander Franco in there every day will just at least uplift this team a little bit. Right. <laughs> Yeah, def- definitely, and uh, I think just kind of take it easy, right? It sounds like he's been given the time to heal those leg issues that had really been bothering him the whole season. Um, maybe you won't have to give him those DH days as often. I'd like to see it happen, especially while the Rays are. I know it's getting tight, but still pretty comfortably in position to go to the postseason. Uh, you don't want to rest on your laurels, but um, they're, they're playing, you know, even when it seems like they're struggling, they've banked a lot of wins, right? They're still sitting in third place in the American League and, you know, going to be fighting um, Boston and maybe Cleveland and Chicago if they get their, their act together um, for the, those wild card spots. And I think they're, they're in a pretty good spot to get there. So the, the goal is really just to keep everyone healthy by the time October rolls around. Um, the Rays got swept by the Yankees this week. Um, it's <laughs> It was not the most fun series in New York. And you know what? There's there's no shame in being beaten or even swept by this Yankees team, the way they're playing. I, I said it all offseason. I said this is a Yankees team that I think a lot of people, you know, they they're, they're were the easy team to joke about, right? They, they crashed out of the postseason. They've spent all this money. They brought in Stanton and Cole, and they've tried to re-sign Judge. But, like, you know, they're the Yankees, right? They're doing Yankees things, but it hadn't really paid off. I said this is a team that this year could easily win the American League East with the amount of talent they have um, on both sides, right? The position player and the pitching side. And I thought they got better defensively, getting bringing in guys like Kiner Falefa. You don't have to play Glaber Torres at shortstop. Um, I didn't think they'd be this good. I don't think anyone thought they would be this good. They're currently 49-16. and 16. They've got a 12-game lead over the Toronto Blue Jays, who are, who are really good. And they're 13 games ahead of the Rays. So there's no shame in losing to the Yankees, but it still stings a bit. And I don't know, some part of me still thinks that the Rays have some weird outside miracle chance at at least making this division race interesting. And they'll get another crack at the Yankees this week at the Trop. What are your expectations going into these games? 
Uh, they just have to keep playing close baseball against the Yankees. I think every single game has been relatively close um, the entire season. And as long as they play close baseball, they have a chance to squeak out a win. Um, so the expectation just has to be to keep baseball, right? Limit runs, playing good defense, which has been a struggle as of late. Um, Base running. And yeah, and <laughs> run the bases well and hope that you can scratch two, three, four, five runs um, and steal a win or two. Uh, but aside from that, it, I mean, they're 33 games over 500. This is the first time. I think we got a little bit spoiled as race fans, but this is the first time that it feels that the Yankees have put everything together, right? It's always the big names. Everything is it, – it's a New York team, and it feels like finally the pieces all fit. The puzzle is put together now for them, um, and they're just still on fire. Um, I mean, eventually they're going to cool down. They're not going to run a 754 winning percentage the rest of the year. That's ridiculous. But um, so hopefully when, the, when they cool down, the Rays heat up and – you could still be looking at a three-team race, four-team race come September um, if everything goes correctly and in the Rays' favor, right? But they have to cool down and come back to earth. We have to figure out how to play defense on a consistent level, run the base as well, and score more than two runs a night. And if that happens and the Yankees cool down, then you could be still looking at a race. I mean, it's only June, middle of June, right? So uh, – Talk to me in August, and if we're 13 games out, then it's a different story. Yeah. And the Yankees, yeah, they're not going to stay this hot forever, but they've stayed hot long enough to where they've already banked 49 wins. Um, they are going to hit 100 wins easily unless their season is completely derailed. Um, so it's going to be tough, right? But oh, yeah. the fact that like getting to the wild card this year is more than just a one-off game, let's see what happens. Like You do get a three-game series, which is still – very much a crapshoot, right? But um, you could go into a series playing the other one of the other wild cards or the third division winner, which is probably going to be like whoever wins the Central, probably Minnesota, maybe Cleveland or Chicago. Um, and I'd take the Rays rolling out Shane McClanahan, Shane Boz, and a, a mixture of all these other guys in a three-game set, right? I would trust the Rays to get through that more than, more than almost any other team. I still think... They might have the best pitching staff in baseball. So being in a wild card spot is definitely not a bad thing, uh, especially this year with the new format. So pitching matchups, game one, uh, you start off with a banger, right? Shane McClanahan, Garrett Cole. On game two, Fangrass has Josh Fleming lifted as a potential starter against Nestor Cortez, who is maybe competing with Shane McClanahan for, to start the, the all-star game for the American League this year. I know Justin Verlander's in there as well. Um, as the, the Cy Young race starts to come into picture. Uh, and then the, the series finale, Shane Boz versus Jordan Montgomery. Um, with Shane McClanahan on the mound, I think the Rays always have a chance. And historically, they've had, I, would say, I won't say they've dominated Garrett Cole, but there's there's been games where they, they really have had success. Obviously, G-Man Troy, we know his track record against Cole. Um, so I think that's a, a definitely a winnable game. You're at home, right? And Tuesday, Fleming, Cortez, I, I, probably not favorable, but who knows? Uh, and then the finale, um, Boz, we we really saw Boz, and we didn't really get to touch on him in the first segment. I'd like to kind of talk about him here. Um, really settled in nicely into the into in his last start. He struggled 
in his first time out uh, against Minnesota, kind of lost his command in the third inning, um, but was locked in for six innings against Baltimore in a game that the Rays ultimately lost on Friday. Um, he gets his third start in the big leagues this season uh, on Wednesday against New York. How important is it to have a Shane Boz who's comfortable, healthy, and, and, and back to doing what we know he's capable of? I mean, it's it's pivotal, especially as you get into like those dog days of summer, right? Uh, to have McClanahan do what he's doing and then to pair him with uh, who, if he does what he's capable of doing, can dominate a game just as well as McClanahan can with the stuff that he has, right? Um, and if you get a healthy Patino back and you get Rasmussen back, I mean, that lineup is that, – that rotation is just ridiculous. And you get a former Cy Young winner in Kluber who can go out there and still put together quality starts for you on a consistent basis. I mean, you round out your starting five in a fantastic fashion um, and really put yourself in position to win five out of six games and every single week, right? If you're playing two, three game sets and you trot that rotation out there over six games, I mean, you have a chance to win every single night and it kind of gets back to what the Rays are really good at, which is developing pitchers and run suppression. And if Boz is at his best and you pair him with McClanahan, like we said, it, it really doesn't get much better than that. Uh, yeah, I'm in complete agreement. And uh, I don't know, maybe this is wishful thinking, but I'm thinking, okay, you pull off game one with 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 a Shane McClanahan on the mound, right? Maybe you win game three with Shane Boz, you know, really coming into form. Then this weekend, you welcome Wander Franco back to the lineup. This could be a week that, that is a turning point for the Rays. You get some big wins at home against the Yankees. Again, not even having to do with the division race, but just trying to maybe regain some confidence and go on a run here to where, again, not even saying the division's in reach, but separate, you know, create some separation in that wild card race. You can go into July and August and, and just be a little more comfortable, play a little more comfortable. So if you can somehow pull off a series win against the Yankees, bring back Franco for the series against the Pirates, really start to get healthy, really start to get back to, to where they were earlier in the year, which was kind of what we expected, just really good baseball and get out of this this kind of slow patch that they're in. Uh, it, you could look back at this week and be like, that was the week where they really started to get uh, back on track again. Yeah, and, and, and oddly enough, that three-game set against St. Louis is kind of where I thought, okay, this team has finally figured it out. And then you go to Minnesota and you lose two or three and you get swept in New York. Um, and now we're watching and we're seven outs from losing two out of three to the Orioles, right? So maybe it is this week, um, but it has to start, honestly, in the next two innings as we watch this game. And then uh, going forward against New York, McClanahan and Cole, if you're a baseball fan, that's going to be a fantastic game, regardless of who you root for. So I'm excited for that. Uh, uh, McClanahan gives you a chance, like you said. Uh, maybe Fleming comes out and just shoves. Who knows, right? Yeah. Um, there's no reason to think that behind McClanahan and, ba- and Boz, you couldn't steal two out of three, right? Like we said, just keep these games close. You're playing at home. Last step at is maybe you can squeak out a pair of wins. Then you face Pittsburgh. You have to expect if you if you want to get back on track, you got to take three from Pittsburgh. And then you go to Milwaukee. Um, and even if you don't take three from Pittsburgh, you have to just start winning series again, which they just have failed to do as of late. And they just have to start winning series. And you do that in a consistent way. You put yourself in a really good position. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's something I think that I'm, I am looking forward. You know, you got six home games this week. And 
you know, if you can win four of them, I think, uh, you know, no matter how you shake it, whether it be one against New York and three against Pittsburgh or two against each, um, a way to, to pull off the wins any more than four, I'd be ecstatic. And then you get a Monday off and you host Milwaukee for a two-game set before going on a pretty lengthy road trip where you do uh, Toronto, uh, Boston, and Cincinnati. Um, so it's going to be going to be a very interesting uh, upcoming weeks, especially if Wander Franco returns, how they manage the rotation with Drew Rasmussen on the IL and Patino's in AAA Durham as well. So uh, lots of things going on, especially as we head into the summer, uh, July, All-Star game coming up, and right after that, the trade deadline to try to figure out, okay, what does this team need? Where can they add? Where can they get better? We're going to take one more quick break, and on the other side, Austin is going to raise his voice about what could be a transition year for the Rays offense. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back on Raise Your Voice. We've talked about the upcoming Yankee series, how they're going to manage the rotation, maybe a Josh Fleming cameo, and maybe welcoming Wander Franco back to the lineup as early as this weekend against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So there's a lot going on in Rays baseball, but we've known that this offense has struggled. The team has struggled overall, despite some great pitching performances as of late. Um, and, and Austin, I think you want to raise your voice a little bit about what could be a transition year for this offense. Yeah, I think uh, we heard all last year that it was going to be a transition year for the pitchers, right? Um, all year it was Shane McClanahan's going to be the starter, but he's going to transition, right? And we had young guys who were going to transition all year. And coming off the COVID season, we had to manage innings, and it was just this big transition then you fast forward to 2022, pitching staff is all set. Um, the the honest part is supposed to be set. And then boom, Lau goes down, boom, Franco goes down, Meadows is traded, Wendell is no longer here. And you very quickly go from this offense, which is pretty much set in stone, to an offense that is now in transition. And you have guys uh, like Walls and Bruhan um, and Josh Lowe, who is no longer with the club and is in AAA who got put into roles that were not necessarily expected um, to start the year. Uh, and rather quickly, this Rays offense got forced into, quote-unquote, a transition year, right? We talked about earlier in the show, uh, is now the starting shortstop for the team that won the division last year. That was never supposed to happen. Um, I don't think he ever expected it to happen. And like we said, he has nowhere to go. Like He can't hide from this. He can't hide from the struggles. He doesn't get days off because there's no one to take his spot. And the same with Bruhan. He was going to be a role player, right? At least to start his career. Both of these guys, at least to start their careers, were going to be role players and fill in when needed. Um, and they don't have that option now. And, you know, we talked about all last year. It's a transition year. It's going to work out. And it, and it did, right? Eventually, the offense is going to turn this around. Um, whether it be with Walls and Bruhan or a healthy Franco and a healthy Lau, um, and then maybe a reinvigorated Josh Lowe, the offense is going to figure it out. Um, so I, I don't have any doubts about that, but it is it is pretty tough to watch right now. But uh, I just I, I can't get overly concerned with the offense as it stands right now in the middle of June. 
to me in September and we are still struggling to run the bases and throw the ball and hit much different discussion, right? That's a disappointing year. Um, it's just been a rough patch because like, like we talked about, they're just transitioning right now. And I also think like, you can't expect any rookies to come out and like, you know, carry the team on their back. Like even look at Wander Franco, the first like two weeks of his career, big league career last year, uh, really struggled um, at times and then went on that on base streak and was a rookie of the year finalist and, and had a great end of the season. Um, Walls and Bruhan, you couldn't keep, and Josh Lowe for that matter, and, and I kind of talked about this a little bit last week, and I think you you have more of a positive outlook, which I'm happy about, right? I'm glad that, that there are some people that still hold out hope. They've got to cut their teeth at some point. They, we, like we said, we knew what they were capable of in AAA. Now it's time to like show it, and you're going to go through those struggles, and yeah, it's a little uncomfortable that Walls and Bruhan are in the lineup each and every day, and Bruhan's even been leading off some this past week, but they're not going to get any better playing at at AAA. They've got to play in the big leagues. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, the Rays have more talented players that you expect to play in those roles, Franco and Lau. Uh, But to get that shot in the big leagues and to get that, yeah, it's tough, but it's also a learning experience. Um, The same way I think Shane Boz pitching in in game two of the ALDS last year and, and just not having it. Um, yeah, it was a it was a risk. It was a gamble. Ultimately, it didn't pay off for the Rays, but that's an experience that he definitely learned from. Shane McClanahan, we talked about the the, the chair throw in at Fenway Park in the, in the tunnel, and now he's my, my personal favorite for American League Cy Young. Um, these get Blake Snell went up and down his first few years in the big leagues, and then all of a sudden he wins a Cy Young. Um, so these guys, you know, it's we're always excited about prospects, who's going to come up next, who's going to be the next guy. And I think we always need to temper our expectations. And while it's been uh, really bad offensively for Walls and Bruhan, um, I'm, I'm glad that they're getting that opportunity and that the Rays have been a, they haven't imploded yet, right? I mean, they're still winning games. They won last night. Um, they're, they're finding ways to stay afloat, even though they're not playing the baseball we, we expect out of them. Um, but it, and there, are, there have been other prospects, right? Like Isak Paredes, you talk about transition. You trade Austin Meadows for this guy. Uh, he looks really good, really comfortable at the plate. Maybe uh, an, an eventual Yandy Diaz replacement uh, once it's time for D- to Diaz to, to leave the club. So I, I think ultimately I'm not I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm just like I was expecting a little bit more from, from a Taylor Walls or a Vidal Bruhan. Right, and like you met, you brought up McClanahan, and Tyler Glass now goes down with Tommy John, and now McClanahan, who was slated to just be a starter, is now thrust into being the ace over the course of last year in the playoffs. And not that it ever came back to bite him. He got hit around in that Boston game, the LDS, and goes in there, throws the chair, right, loses his mind, and rightfully so. That's exactly what you want to see out of a starter. Um, and he comes back and he's a third of the way through and on the verge of one of the best seasons in race pitching history, right? Uh, you look at Wall now been thrust into this role. Um, he, there is going to be a transition period. And I think we're, we're seeing those growing pains now. Um, could it be worse? Yeah. We could have lost 14 in a row like the angels, right? They're still staying afloat. They're not playing good baseball and they're still winning games, which means if you play good baseball, you're going to win a lot of games. Um, so like you said, it, it's, there's no reason to hit the panic button yet. Um, at least in my opinion, it may be frustrating to watch. Trust me. It is really hard to watch them sometimes, especially with just what we've become accustomed to seeing the last three or four years. Um, but they're going to go out they're going to grow out of this, uh, especially the young guys. It's just 
front, and I'm, I'm really not worried. And we're not even we're, we're only like ten days removed of that sweep of the Cardinals, right? And it's like everything. There was a little bit of a lull before that. You had lost against the Yankees. You had lost um, some in Texas, uh, and then you get you know the, the White Sox gave us some troubles. Then you sweep the Cardinals. You think, okay, everything is right in the world. These guys are really figuring it out. Uh, on the positive side, like yeah, there's a lot of transition in the offense, but the guys that have that have been around for for multiple you know for several years now, Manuel Margot, Yandy Diaz, and Jimon Choi. They're having great years. Um, you, you look at the entire body of work from this season. Um, Yanni Diaz and Choi might be having the best years of their career in terms of just all around hitting, um, and 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 they've been a constant in this Rays team. And you still had, I think, some promising performances from Kiermaier. Um, there are some guys that have been here and done that um, that are still contributing. It's just the new guys that have got to go through this, and you know, either either one or two things will happen. They'll either grow from it and become the big league players that they were expected to, or they just won't stick around. I mean, if, if Taylor Walls does this the entire year, I can almost guarantee he's just not going to be on a big league roster next year. Um, and that's just kind of how it goes. So he'll get his shot, and it'll either work out or it won't. So I, I, I like, I, I really do appreciate your perspective coming on today and kind of you know shaping it, as, framing it as a transition year. Um, because I, I, I was very worried, right? You know, it sounds like the Brandon Lau injury is a little more serious than they had hoped, or at least his back isn't recovering as quickly as they had hoped. Um, so it could be quite a while before he comes back. Wander Franco could be back this weekend, but they might decide he needs another week. And, you know, knock on wood, God forbid, fingers crossed that there's not any setbacks with him or Lau, any further setbacks. So it, it, it might be tough to watch, but I'm glad they're getting that shot in the big leagues, and it'll either work out or it won't. No, exactly. And like you said, it, it is. It's been 10 days that have kind of been tough, and it kind of speaks to how spoiled we are as Rays fans, right? We haven't had these 10-day stretches that have been like this hard to watch. And it's even worse when you lose three to the Yankees and the scores are zero to two, three to four, and one to two. And that just adds a bit more sting to it. Um, But we really are spoiled. And if the sky is not falling, it's been 10 days, um, we're fine. Yeah, I I, I agree. And Austin, uh, thank you very much for for coming on today. Thank you for having me. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Raise Your Voice. If you like what we do here on the D-Raise Bay Podcast Network, make sure to follow or subscribe or whatever it is called on your podcast platform to make sure that every new episode of Raise Your Voice, Who's on Worst, or any D-Raise Bay Podcast special is downloaded directly to your device. If your preferred podcast platform allows it, leaving a rating and review is the best way to spread what we do to more and more Rays fans. I've been checking the written reviews periodically. If you've got any questions or comments or anything you want read out on the show, just leave a five-star review. And in that review, leave your question or comment, and I'll read it out on a future episode of Raise Your Voice. As always, make sure to head on over to DRaysBay.com to check out all of the great Rays coverage. Once again, thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.